Okay, welcome Andy to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So this is episode number 16. Um, I've only started a few weeks ago, but this is going to be the first episode of 2022, which is fantastic. So Andy is the owner of Boxercise, but obviously a lot of people don't know you. Um, could you just give a wee brief intro who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, my name's Andy Wake. Um, I've been doing Boxercise now for 29 years. We started in um, 1992 um, and um, my background is as an ex-professional boxer and as a boxing coach and also as an athletics coach. So um, although it, it, I, I'm kind of a, a bit of a one-trick pony, really, I'm a career coach. That's literally all I do. Um, it means I'm no good at doing other things like DIY or... <laughs> You know, other things, you know, yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm only actually any good at one thing really. And um, this is, so I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to work in the field that I enjoy so much and to be at least semi-competent at, at what I do, I guess. Yeah. So, so you've, you've obviously, you've found your niche. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but at the same time, although I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole myself as such, I'm always thinking of uh, new things to to do so this this isn't and won't be the only thing that i will ever do um, yeah but um it i think in terms of my body of work it's probably what i'm best known for no good so we're going to learn about your fitness journey today andy so we're going to go way back to where it all began back in school so what sort of uh, sporting activities were you involved in there um, well, I was one of those kids that was very active. I think now, if I was, uh, if if I was a child now, I think that teachers would probably be pointing the finger and saying this kid's got ADHD. Um, I was certainly hyperactive, yeah. um, and I played every. I think that pretty much every playtime we were playing football, playing tig, throwing, catching. We did everything. But one of the things that got me into doing sport on an individual level, rather than just uh, for play was that um, my doctor, I have uh, quite bad asthma and my doctor said very forward thinking in the, in the mid seventies at this point, one of the things you could do to improve your asthma would be to go for a run. Uh, so every night I went out and did a run. So I was doing all of these activities at school, but I actually began by just jogging around the block yeah. Um, at the age of, I don't know, seven or eight or something like that. Wow. And um, it was purely for health benefits. So um, strangely enough, it, it wasn't to try and be a great competitor. It was just to to benefit my health where possible. Yeah. And then that that, that was going to be the next uh, question, actually. I was going to speak about your challenges growing up. So um, obviously you mentioned your asthma there. Did you, did you find that running and the... The colder weather had an impact on that yeah it did um it's more infections that causes me a problem but my asthma is also exercise induced um so it took a long time to get a protocol where we're able to actually uh myself and the the doctors to be able to control my ex my asthma so that yeah. i was able to do these things and we, we came up with protocols within a couple of years but it was a couple of years of being difficult but my asthma is and can be severe and life-threatening um so i we had to proceed with caution um but once once we'd got that right you know it, it was okay but the big challenge was um 
I guess, nearly dying of it uh, when I was younger. So um, that was a challenge, you know. The thing is, I I wouldn't have been able to really alleviate those symptoms and to have been better had I not been willing to overcome that. And, you know, yes, it was a bit, it could be a bit nerve wracking, but, you know, it's got to be done. Yeah. And then for yourself, Andy, what does fitness mean for you? Um, well, it changes decade by decade. Yes. Um, as a child, it was health. As a, a teenager, it was an, a burning ambition to try and get to uh, major games to compete in the Olympics, the Worlds, the Commonwealths, the Europeans, things like that. Um, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to to be good enough. I got got very close to the Commonwealth Games on three occasions, but didn't quite, just wasn't quite good enough to get there. Um, As a Masters athlete, um, I did compete in uh, two World Masters Championships. Best position was fourth. So um, that that was pretty good. Um, I was happy with that. And then um, once you get north of 40, I think it's a case of maintaining where possible. Yeah. and north of 50, now I'm 53, it seems to be more about trying to maintain mobility. Um, mm. That's, that is a real challenge, but, <laughs> and as for, for 60 and 70, I'm still yet to learn. So I, I don't know the answer to that. But for me right now, mobility, general fitness, and trying not to be too injured, maintaining a bit of yeah. strength and stamina yeah. is great too. You oh, know? that? That's the next question. Um, what your fitness routine is? So obviously, I gather you do a lot of stretching now. Um, I do less than I should. Is, is <laughs> the answer? I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I do try um, when I do my stretching. It tends to be during weight sessions. So I'll stretch. I'll do a um, my exercise, and then when that muscle group is particularly warm after I finish that exercise, yeah. then I'll I will stretch that one out. Um, and I also do it when I'm at the athletics track coaching there. The thing is, I don't really like doing weights very much. I'm quite lucky that um, my strength is very high without doing very much yeah. strength training. And um, so I don't do as much as I should. So I'm I'm working on improving that. Yeah. So obviously you're the owner of Boxer Size, so you're very busy. So would you say that you've got the balance um, and you're week-to-week lifestyle? Um, no, I wouldn't say so at all, Scott. Um, the I am one of those people that does work in or has done, particularly until this year, insanely hard. It's not unusual for me to work 70 hours in a week and not take any days off. Um, okay. That is detrimental both to physical and mental health. Um, and I found the strain was showing uh, a year or so ago. So we... Um, I have made the decision this, from this year, in fact, from, from August, that um, if I do work at a weekend, I take the day off back during the week. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm back to working um, five, five days a week and, um, you know, around about the 40-hour 40, yeah. 40 mark, which I think is quite, yeah, it's quite easy, really. Yeah. Um, working 70 hours a week does take it out of you. So yeah, I'm trying, yeah. trying not to do that. We've recently... Uh, moved to Wulukun in Devon and um, I try and take whenever the waves are good I try and uh, take myself off to the beach uh, go surfing at least a couple yeah. of times a week when I get the chance and 
I find that's a nice way to chill out and just relax, just yeah. balances things, you know. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously being outside in the fresh air, it definitely improves your mental health, yeah. I'm not an indoor person at all. I really dislike it. My wife will uh, make jokes sometimes that there'll be jobs that need to be done in the house, um, but not one job gets done in the house till everything's done outside of the house. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how much it's raining, how, how cold it is, how, snow, how much snow, I just like to be outdoors. That's just, that's just me, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I prefer to be outdoors as well. Um, open water swimming, that's my thing. Oh, fair play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a really good swimmer myself, despite enjoying surfing. Um, I sink like a brick, even in a sea in a wetsuit. So <laughs> it's a challenge for me. Um, but um, the, the thing is with with surfing, you don't really need to be a particularly good swimmer for distance. You just need to be able to sprint swim about 40 meters yeah. to get out of trouble. So yeah. I can just about do that. That's oh, about good. as good but I'm, I'd love to be a better swimmer. I really would love to spend more time and, and work that into my regime to do a little yeah. bit more of that. Yeah, definitely. And then you obviously mentioned that you were working um, 70 hours a week, um, maybe a year ago. Um, yeah. So that was obviously during COVID. So how would you compare your, your working life now, pre-COVID to post-COVID? Would you say you're in a better position now? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, we were working twice as hard to make half the money, um, but we were in a situation um, almost on a wall footing that, you know, everything is your backs against the wall and you just got to fight to survive. Yeah. There are many people who, unfortunately, in our industry and in others who lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. And, um, you know, it was a case of working really 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 hard yeah. um just to stay afloat and uh, we did uh, things are recovering um right. and recovering very very well but at the same time i don't think we've seen the end of that upsurge i think that there's quite a lot um quite a lot to come so i'm working not as hard and making and, and doing better uh than during covid but i think it it's one of them things like i say it's almost as if you're on a war footing with you know with a a virus and uh, you you do what you can to survive it was it yeah. literally was survival nothing else yeah and then let's let's say uh, talk about andy's favorite exercise to do in the gym what oh um god i found or, or if you're teaching a boxer size class what would be the your best exercise you would like to give your clients that would depend on them so my favorite exercise in a gym would be, I would do bench press and snatches. I like the snatch because it helps me with my mobility. Yeah. I like it too, because you don't need to lift as heavy a weight as you do with the power clean to get the same yeah. benefit uh, of uh, force rate development. Rate, sorry, rate of force development, RFD. And um, so I, I like that exercise. I like the bench press too. Um I'm just, I'm just good at it, basically. I think people yeah. like it. They're good at it. Um, for a client, it would depend on what they're doing. If I had to pick one single exercise that I think is overall the best overall for anybody, yeah. and probably for me, uh, without a doubt, it would be sprints. Um, yeah. It's a whole body exercise. It's very high intensity, but it doesn't suit everybody. If someone's got a, 
a bad knee, a bad ankle, something like that. Yeah. It's not going to suit them. But which is the best? Yeah. And the other argument as well is that, you know, humans are made to run. So um, we're not made to row. We're not made to cycle. Although I must admit, since COVID, I've got into cycling and I really yeah. enjoy it. But not so much as exercise, more of a case of um, going out and just being outdoors and being yeah, with yeah. nature. I really, really enjoy that. So um, for a mental health sort of rebalancing exercise, I find that particularly effective. Yeah, I, I, I do that as well. Um, I love a cycle. Um, I maybe go um, where I stay. I maybe go 10k out and then 10k back so it's like 20k all in but you know yeah. you get to see scenery and fresh air and you know you you know it's your escape for the day well one of my favorite rides recently i've got a, a electric bike a fat tire bike yeah and um it, it's hard to pedal that thing even on the flat but <laughs> with a with a motor it does help and um, what I've enjoyed doing recently is riding on the beach. And my favourite ride was to ride along uh, from Braunton all the way along to Saunton, jump on the road, go up to Croyd, go along there, then jump to uh, Woolacombe and ride along there. So all in all, the ride involves about 10 miles along beaches. And um, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt if you fall off, which yeah. sometimes <laughs> does happen. Yeah, you know, especially in the soft sand, you know, it... it it doesn't hurt when you fall off each have a laugh, so it's yeah. great. Yeah, really good. Um, and then if you were to go to a class and somebody was to deliver you the worst exercise, what would that be? Oh, um, oh, something that would be likely to cause injury, I would say. Um, God, I, you know what? I can give you an example of a combination of exercises that uh, didn't work for me once. And I, I can give you, it's a, a good trap for fitness instructors to avoid. Um, this lady was taking a circuit training class and she, she had a reputation of it being really, really tough. And I thought, yeah, fantastic. Let's go do that. Um, I went along and there was, we did, it, it was a minute on with 15 seconds off, give or take. And there was a, the first exercise was press ups. Then it was diamond press-ups where you put your hands like that. Yeah, yeah. Then it was wide press-ups when you do that. And I was like, three minutes of press-ups in a row. Talk about getting all the blood into one area and not work. The most important muscle in the body is here. It's the heart. Yeah. So moving the, you know, go, doing something at the top of your body, like your arms, then doing something like your legs is going to make yeah. the heart work harder. And really that's what we're trying to do rather than muscle toning in a, a thing like that so i think that was the worst combination of exercises despite me particularly enjoying doing press-ups because i'm quite good at them yeah um but that that combination was arguably the dumbest i've ever taken part in and um, me being me I, I had to tell her as well i wasn't rude about it but yeah. I did, perhaps you might like to consider making the heart work harder by interspersing these with yeah. a, a different exercise so i was polite <laughs> about it i didn't want to be rude but um yeah. it was bloody awful it was it was yeah. tantamount to stupidity and likely to just cause people to feel uh inadequate if they weren't you know that perhaps they feel that they should be able to achieve this and do that and it would just yeah. put people off yeah make them feel make them feel inadequate yeah and then obviously you mentioned right at the start um you, you started running do you still do that to to this day do you do a bit of running yeah. 
uh, go running with the dogs. Um, yeah. Particularly when I'm in Leicestershire, I like running uh, along the canal. Um, when I'm down here, I like to run on the beach. So uh, again, outdoors. And, and usually uh, as part of the, the warm-up for athletics training, because I still do a lot of athletics training, uh, would do a couple of laps of the track. Um, yeah. Which, you know, nice and flat and, and easy. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fast runner. Um, I think probably I'll jog along at about seven, eight mile an hour. So yeah. for perspective, about a, an seven to eight minute mile is about what I run. So yeah. not, not particularly quick. I just kind of jog along. No, good. It's good to hear you're still, you know, you started that at a very early age and you're still maintaining that, which is fantastic. Um, I think running's a really good way of just generally keeping fit. It's, it, I think, even though I enjoy cycling because it's low impact, uh, my ankles do suffer. So I tend to, if I'm going to do a jog, it's just once a week. And yeah, it's only yeah. two mile, two mile, once a week, that's it. Um, but yeah, I think as a, as a general overall fitness, I think it's very hard to beat. Yeah. And then, so if you were to go to a class, what would be the, yeah. Andy's jam, what would get you pumped up and motivated to uh, definitely oh sorry, um do you mean music wise? Music wise, or... yeah. Oh wow, God. Um I well that's that's a difficult one. Um and this this would be a bit of a surprise for a lot of people, but if I was in a class, I would prefer it to be high energy kind of dance music, that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, probably old what we call the old school god it's you know like from about the 90s or 2000s yeah. <laughs> that's great that stuff in terms of what do i listen to when i'm trained on my own it tends to be stuff like classical music but for me there's a, a very close link between emotion uh which can lead me to be uh to train more aggressively and yeah. um if you're training hard and if you're training at the limit, you need to train with a bit of anger, a bit of intent, a bit of emotion and a bit of aggressiveness. If you go in and you're all smiles, you know, you're not going to train as hard. And um, I do train with a level of intensity. So yeah. classical music tends to give that to me and sometimes rock music. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, and sometimes again, you know, dance music, but in a class, it's got to suit everybody and that yeah, yeah it's got to be good have a so variety. old school dance yeah you know things yeah. like planet perfecto bullet in a gun stuff like that i mean they're, yeah. they're banging tunes you know they're great <laughs> but yeah different yeah. different circumstances yeah so so far obviously you've been involved in the fitness industry for a long time now um what's your best memory of your fitness journey so far oh god um or something that sticks out there, you know. Yeah, okay. The, there's one that does stick out, and it was a long time ago. Uh, 1996, we went to um, Kenya to train um, some of their instructors there. Uh, I've been lucky enough to travel quite a lot of the world. Yeah. Um, and the probably the, the most vivid memory is we did a demonstration and then a class to... Um, a load of kids at this uh, boys' school called Sterehe Boys' School. Uh, many of the kids there were actually AIDS orphans in Nairobi. And we had 1,200 kids all taking part in it, while me and a guy called Dave Earl actually did the demonstrations and um, and what have you. And that, 
I, that just went by so quick. And it was funny as well because Dave made a mistake and punched me in the mouth and cut my lip. But it's a, it, it happens, you know. Yeah. I, I also particularly enjoy going out to Taiwan, uh, training the people out there. Yeah. I really enjoy going out there because it's not, and Italy, going off to places like this because the people are very friendly, very warm. And also you get an opportunity to experience different cultures and to learn uh, yeah. what you're doing that. So, that I do enjoy. The, the traveling with different time zones is hard, though. I must yeah. Say. <laughs> I, I think the, those things. Also, the, a vivid memory would be the first time I went on stage to do a, a pre, to be a presenter. I was very, very nervous. And the only way I could calm my nerves was to go outside of the building and do a quick set of sprints just to calm my nerves. Because yeah. I know that kind of stuff where I feel like I'm competing, I'm, I'm trained for that, and I can control my nerves when I'm doing that. But to, to stand in front of hundreds of your peers and to perform like that, I mean, now I find it easy, but the first time, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that was really hard. That was really hard. When was that, Andy? Um, 98, I think. 98, okay. Yeah, 98. Well, so. Yeah, you know, probably some of the people who's watching this wouldn't have been born then, but perhaps they can, uh, you know, have a laugh at my story of me feeling insecure and yeah you know, I think, we, and, and I think we all do right at the start you know um it's natural and everybody's a beginner once um you know and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them if you don't yeah. make if you make a mistake and you don't learn well then it's a real mistake so yeah you I think you've got to learn yeah and obviously you're, you're very busy um you, you do a bit of training yourself you track your own fitness um, goals? Yeah, I do. Um, but mine is measurable in a slightly different way to what a lot of people would do. Um, we have uh, tests as such. And the tests comprise of sprints, muscular strength and endurance exercises, such as how many um, press-ups you do in a minute, how quick do you cover 30 meters, 60, 100, 150. Um, jump tests such as sergeant jump or counter movement jump yeah. um, five hops on the left leg five hops on the right leg and these things I've got markers that go back to the very early 80s so I can see it, it's encouraging because I can see when things go up like that yeah. also as you get older um, you get commensurately disappointed because you see the marks yeah, yeah. going back down and um, I can kind of say you know on some tests I'm better than I was when I'm when I was 15 and on some tests I'm not as good as when I was a 15 year old kid <laughs> um, particularly the jump things because you lose that elasticity and um, so I've always advocated it's a good idea if you have a competitive career. Say, for example, with boxers. I do coach yeah. amateur boxers uh, and, and professionals when I need to. But um, because the, the nature of that sport is subjective, they don't know when they're going downhill like this. Yeah. And I believe that by measuring these things along, and they'd be, they'd be measured uh, three times per year at each phase change that we do in training. And... Um, if, if you start to see someone dropping, you know, and if I said to you, you're, you're boxing and you'd lost 10% on where you were five years ago, the time, it, the time has come to call time in your career, but people still think, you know, they, they think with their heart, not with their head sometimes. Yeah. Boxers. And I, I think having measurable, um, uh, measurable training outcomes, 
will make you have a better decision as to when your career should end. Yeah. And that's a very important decision for a lot of boxers. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, so what's the best compliment you've ever received within your journey, Andy? Um, I don't know. Um, but something that we do regularly get, and we had this the other day from um, a bunch of school teachers, and school teachers go on a lot of training courses, is when someone comes on our training course and says that's the best course that they've ever done. And, you know, someone that's done a four-year teaching degree and then done literally every sport under the sun because yeah. PE teachers have got to do that when they do that. In fact, no, I tell you when, that that's a nice one. I'll tell you when the best compliment was. We train the um, Her Majesty's Forces PTIs and I was asked... Um, sorry, the, a particular flight of, um, of RAF PTIs were, were asked, you can invite one of your trainers back to your, um, to your passing out parade. That, that's a graduation, if you like, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the military. Um, who would it be? And they asked me. And um, wow. that is, yeah, that, that means a lot. Yeah. Uh, also, some of the guys at the RAPTC, the Royal, the um, Army uh, PTC, they gave me um, an honorary um, T-shirt that only their PTIs get. So that's kept in a prized position. Yeah. Well. So when someone gives you something like that, that really, to me, means a hell of a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's those little things like that. that oh yeah. That, that's definitely. That's, yeah. That was a, that's a great memory. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's been others, but at the same time, you only have to troll through some YouTube comments to to see some people, you know, they, they're just haters. But at the same time, you see, for every compliment you receive, there's some Muppet who's, you yeah. know, the, yeah. you know, he should have done this or he should have done that or he doesn't know what yeah. he's talking about. And it's like, yeah, whatever, mate. You know. Yeah, I think um, in this day and age, obviously, with uh, social media, everybody's got an opinion behind a, a, a keyboard, you know. And many people have an axe to grind. Um, yeah. I think people sometimes are jealous of other people's positions without realising the hard work that they put to get into those positions. Yeah. Um, it's very much reminiscent of, I think it's uh, George Orwell said something along this in um, The Road to Wigan Pier. And he said, it, it, in terms of a class structure, that sometimes some of the people who are poor don't um uh they they don't want to elevate themselves to to be rich they just yeah. hate the rich so it's a case of just hating people in a particular position because you're not in that position so yeah. they they just hate on them for no reason and i think probably orwell said it best i, I can't remember the quote but it, it's it's from that book anyway so yeah, yeah it, it could be something similar to that yeah. but Haters think, all the way back in the 1940s, you yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's the issue. A lot of people are negative and it just need to be a wee bit more positive, you know, with everyone. And I know everyone's not going to get on with each other, but, you know. If... I think with if you've got, if there's a problem, my usual way of figuring out where the problem lies is to look for where the common denominator is. Um, the common denominator in someone that's being negative about something is that they're negative with this, they're negative with that, they're negative with that. Yeah. So they are the common denominator. And that essentially is the way that you figure out where the problem lies. 
but I think it's very hard for people not to take these things to heart um, and, and say, oh, you know, why are they criticizing me? Because a lot of people are very sensitive, um, yeah. you know, to, to other people, especially their peers saying things about them. Um, I would say I'm only very mildly sensitive to, uh, to what people would say about me. Um, I, I would like to think that I'm not too, too worried about those things. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, chest infection. No, no that's okay, Andy. Um, but no, it's been great having you on today. Um, so we're going to finish up with a couple of questions about boxer size. So what makes boxer size unique and how did you create the company way back in 1992? Um, it was, what makes it unique? There's a few things. Um, we were the first yeah. uh, of boxing fitness training. Uh, so that for a, a period made us unique. What makes us unique right now? We, since, since 1997, we're still, as far as I'm aware, the only training company anywhere that offers people to come back and to do a refresher course free of charge. So they, yeah. pay for it. They, they do the course once, they can do it again and again and again and again. I've called out other training companies on that and said, you know, if your real ambition is to improve, improve standards, then surely you should be doing this as well. Um, not, you know, but if, if your main aim is just to make money, then you wouldn't do that. And, uh, you know, nobody's actually uh, followed me up and said, oh, yeah, OK, we're going to we're going to yeah. take that lead as well. So, um, yeah, and how did it start? By accident, essentially. Um, we had, I, I was coaching the, the boxing team at university. What happened was um, we had quite a few rugby and football lads that decided uh, they wanted to do the training but didn't want to get hit in the face. So I adapted it, and then um, we, we had a class. It started getting more people coming to us, to, to my class, saying, um, who were instructors, saying, can you teach us to teach this? And I'd already been involved as a coach educator for UK athletics or the British Amateur Athletic Board. Yeah. Well. So I, I was able to do coach education. And um, I thought, OK, well, I'm a boxing coach. I'm a coach educator. All I've got to do is find a way to make this work. And then over time, it's just kind of adapted and improved. Yeah. Um, and, and it's continually improving, I'd like to think. But, yeah, that it, it began by accident. And um, we started getting, you know, the, uh, the ladies hockey team came and trained with us, the swimmers. So we, we had a lot of people doing yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't some eureka moment. It was just a, an accident that um, you know, lots of people wanted to be fit, and they liked the training we did, but they didn't want to be punched in the face. Yeah, uh, and you can't blame them either, you know. No. Oh. Um, and then, so for yourself, Andy, um, where where would you like to see boxer size within the next year to five years? Have you got a business plan where you'd like the business to go? Yeah. Um, some of the I, I'm. I'm one of those people that's full of uh, ideas and um, I've got more, more plans for developing some new courses, but they're, they're kind of on the periphery of fitness. Yeah. Uh, what I'm working on at the minute is, uh, and it's very close to being finished, 
is a course on, and again, because these things take up my time, anything I do now that's new has to be online. It can't involve my time yeah. apart from setting it up because I haven't got the time. So I'm working on a course at the minute, which is sprints for combat athletes, because you, I see a lot of combat athletes, boxers doing sprints and um, they're not sprinting. They're just jogging fast yeah. and they're running the wrong distances. And it's clear that many of them have very little idea of the technique the number of repetitions, the distance, the level of intensity, or even what you should be using a stopwatch for. Yeah. And not just timing it and going, oh yeah, that's great. But you know, the, particularly someone drops off by 7%, that's a time to begin ending the, the repetitions. If, you, if it's off your best time by 7%, because you're no longer getting the required um, stimulus. So yeah. um, I'm doing that at the minute. I also have um, another two training courses which i'm working on uh in the background so yeah, yeah. Good. and um so yeah to put more things online would be the plan and um to continue doing what we're doing and and also for this year this next year would be to rebuild where covid has knocked things down a little bit but yeah. then to rebuild back to where where that was so um yeah it's uh we're in a, a situation now where many people left the industry uh, about five, I think there's 550,000 people have left the leisure industry. Uh, quite a lot of those people yeah. are in fitness. And uh, this means that there's an, an enormous vacuum uh, there in, in clubs of people who've left because they, they couldn't maintain their jobs. Yeah. I think that vacuum is an opportunity to fill. And yeah. that's, you know, that that's the that's the uh, aim as such but without going into specific details yeah that would be that would be what i'd like to do yeah and then before we round up andy um where can people find yourself and boxer size online uh they won't find me as such um, yeah. because i keep pretty much a low profile yeah. um but you if people like following things our youtube videos are pretty good um there's a lot of sports science in in those yeah. Uh, those videos so um that's youtube.com forward slash boxercise ltd short for limited um if they want to find boxercise they'd go to boxercise.co.uk or just google boxercise and we'll wear the top link so they'll find us yeah. um, but there's very little in the way of information about me on the internet um yeah. i am aware that i do need to change that because um, I've been told by marketing people, well, if you're going to be doing other courses that are not just part of the, the boxer size thing, yeah, just, yeah. then you need to have something about you and about your own credentials. And um, so reluctantly, I'll do something with that, but yeah. um, not just yet, not until the courses are ready, because um, uh -huh. I quite have, I've enjoyed the anonymity, really. Of yeah. No one really knowing who I am. Yeah. Um, and then before we round up, do you get any questions for myself? Um, yeah. Um, of, of the people that you've interviewed when, yeah. when you've been doing this, has there been a common thread uh, that has that's come to light between those people? Or are all the answers that you re receive completely disparate? Is, is there a common thread that people will be able to take away from these interviews that they'll be able to watch the first person, second person, the eighth person, maybe myself, and then say, yeah, these people are all saying the same thing. 
what can I learn from it? What what is there a common thread? Um, well, it's so far. Um, obviously, you're number sixteen, um, but I'd probably say there will be a common thread between certain people. There'll, there'll definitely be a certain link um, between certain in- individuals, but not everyone. Yeah. But, um, so the, the whole plan behind the, the podcast is it's just about uh, finding about where people started um, on their journey and, you know, how they got where they are today. Um, through Would a common thread be, for example, that um, they all work insanely hard and they're, they're all hardworking or is it, a, you know, are some of them not? No, 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 everybody's hard, hard working, I would definitely say. Um, everybody's um, got inspiration in there somewhere. And I do apologise, I was, I meant to ask this straight at the start. Um, who who inspired you uh, growing up? Or who's a role model for yourself, Andy? Um, I was inspired by many athletes and coaches uh, along the way. Um, I think... Reading about Jesse Owens was probably one of my first memories of being in awe of somebody and um, and thinking that would be somebody that I would like to try to emulate. Yeah. Um, so if I was to, ha- to have to pick someone at an early childhood memory, I'd have to say Jesse Owens. Um, he's, and for the ladies, Fanny Blanca's Cohen, uh, the Dutch lady that won, I think it was, I think it was four Olympic golds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think reading about their stories, particularly Owen's story um, about being there at the thirty-six games. Um, interestingly enough, that that led to a friendship between him and the German long jumper Lutz Long, who was unfortunately forced to make a Nazi salute on the. Um, on the uh, on the the rostrum, uh, and Hitler had walked out because um, an American Negro, as as it was described, had yeah. um, beaten the German. Um, however, Owens and Long became very good friends, and Owens actually was the best man at Lutz Long's son's wedding. So wow. it shows <laughs> that humanity can reach beyond. Yeah oppression if if we choose the right path so jesse owens yeah i'd say him i'd say very special human no that's perfect andy any other questions before we round up no i think that i think that's it thanks for uh inviting me onto the podcast it's been a pleasure no, it's been great having you on. And Thank my apology you. for the, the sore voice. Nah, chest no, infection. No it's not COVID, either. but it's just a, a chest infection I've managed to pick up, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I hope you feel better. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Cheers.